is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. Turn, hand it off to Minner, hit the backfield and drilled. Again, 13's there to make the tackle. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation, this is the KLIN Husker Hour. Right three call, and the Huskers are the Big Ten Conference champions. Nonsense, got it! Underdog, and then one! Exclamation point! Now your hosts, KLIN contributor Cole Stukenholtz and KLIN reporter Matt McMaster. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. We are off and running here mid-June, hitting our stride with position previews for the upcoming football season. Got a Husker quarterback commit out at the Elite Eleven, just doing work. There's a lot going on. Can we? Can we? I was talking to um, Evan. Bl- By the way, I'm Matt McMaster. Uh, hey, Matt. Hi. Hi. Follow Sukenholtz. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Uh, look, I was talking to Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald because we were just around each other. The CWS and you know all the baseball stuff going on with uh, Childress and Sirianni getting hired and their press conferences. And I was talking to Evan. And Evan goes, "Can we just take a break for a second? Can Oscar? <laughs> can Oscar Sports just just pump the brakes as as our intro says? Because it is it is June and there is way too much news. There is way too much going on. Not not that I'm complaining, but typically this is you know the summers are slow. The summers are you know, uh, uh, a time to relax and, you know, kind of regroup from the previous season, you know, kind of look back on things, gear up towards the next season. Now, Husker Sports said, screw that. We're we're going, we're going 100 miles a minute all the time, every time, summer, June, July, doesn't matter. So a lot's going on, man. A lot's going What do you want to start with, Cole? Well, it is partly your show. <laughs> I definitely don't want to start by talking about the worst team in Major League Baseball, the Royals. It's... Bad. Look, who, who wants to talk about the Royals? I just want to throw one stat out. So sure. they, they're eighteen and fifty-one. The twenty fifteen Royals that won the World Series lost their fifty-first game on September first. Ah. All right, bad baseball. I'm out of that. Uh, I want to start with ladies. Got how to. about how about the week for the Husker ladies this week? It was uh, not just one, not even really just. There's there's multiple different ways we can go with this one. I want to start though with. The story of the week in college softball, and that is Jordy Ball returning home. <sighs> Oklahoma's pitcher extraordinaire and that Oklahoma of national championship back to back of longest winning streak in college softball history. They were like 53 and one. <laughs> they only lost once. Only lost once. Arguably Jordan- the greatest game of all time. Oh, I don't, I don't probably, even think it's arguable. You think it's just yeah, without they, a doubt. They lost once and they ended the year on I don't I don't even remember the number. I think it was 50. like forty. I think it was like a forty game winning streak. I think the record previously was forty seven. So I think they okay. ended like fifty or fifty. We'll get the stats on this. This is so Jordy Ball, Papillion La Vista kid, goes there, dominant. That's that's the the program in the state in terms of college softball. Was recruited by Nebraska, went to Oklahoma. Ho-hum, won two national championships down in Norman. Uh, she earned the win in the 2022 national championship game, and then this season earned the save after winning game one of the championship series. Uh, she's got 12 NCAA tournament games under her belt with Oklahoma. 
8-0 record, one save, point Z, 0.74 ERA. Uh, this is my favorite part, though. In the championship, in the, in the College World Series this year, in Oklahoma City this year, 4-0, zero runs allowed in 24 and two-thirds innings, through 10 scoreless in the championship series, striking out 13, only allowing two singles, and did not give up a hit in the, the three innings she pitched in the championship game, in the clinching game, to get her the save. Look, she's 44 in two in her career. Okay. She's, and this isn't like a red shirt type deal. She's played two years in Norman. She was dominant in both years. Top 10 All American, top 10 player of the year, both years. Two time All American. She's done it all. Let's just, let's just call this what it is. It is the biggest transfer acquisition in the history of Nebraska sports. I, I mean, if you're, now, if we want to go back all the way down to, you know, I'm sure you can give me some guy from the 2000s or the 2010s that made a big difference, that was a big deal, whatever, but give me a second. Transfers give me a, before now give, was yeah. like junior college, yeah, but and get, that's like a micro sure, year, but sure. there's not an equivalent for no, this. No, 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 right. no, and, and this isn't even, you can't even say like, oh, well, this guy came in and like it, he, he played great or whatever. Yeah. It, this isn't that. This is the best player in the country. Coming to your team. This is the this is the equivalent in football. And I, funny enough, I thought about this, and then I was like, oh, I got the Oklahoma connection. If Baker Mayfield, after his dominant year, was like, yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to Nebraska, or I'm gonna go back to my hometown, or whatever. That's that's what this equivalent is. There is there has been no transfer, at least in this era of transfer portals, bigger than Jordy Ball, and there probably will never will be. There probably will never be one as big of this. Uh, magnitude. Okay, she is coming home. She is going to play close to to where to where she grew up. I'm sure Ronda Ravel and her have known each other forever. She's going to play in front of fans who are going to are going to be dying to watch her play. Bowling Stadium is going to be probably the most packed it's ever been in its history. It's going to be must watch softball. I mean, Nebraska softball. Very young, very good this year. One of the best offenses in the country. You just added an ace. You know, you get Courtney Wallace back, who had a, a really good year. I mean, Nebraska was a was a tournament team, and and who was very close to going to a, a a super regional, to winning their regional. And now you add the best pitcher in the entire country. I mean, it's no bigger. And you know what? Let's call a spade a spade. She's going to get paid a lot of money too. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. she's going to come home and she's coming here with a, with a fan base that cares, with an incredible NIL collective, collectives, you know, great support. She is, I mean, this is incredible for her. It's incredible for just Nebraska athletics in general, but obviously in particular, yeah. Nebraska softball. The equivalent would, it, the Baker Mayfield one is good. This is, this one I think would be even more apt. Let's say Dylan Riola. Goes to Georgia, sure. Plays as a true freshman and a sophomore, wins two national championships. Yeah, with Georgia. Yeah, and then decide. You know what? I feel. I feel bad. I feel like I let my dad's alma mater down. Yeah, I really like that Matt Rule guy. I, I, I'm going to transfer. I'll, back I'll give to, you an even better one. Like, I'll give you an even better one. What if Zane Flores wins two national championships in Oklahoma State? <laughs> you know, what? If, what if the Gretna kid goes and lights the world on fire and then says, "You know what? Yeah. I want to play closer to home," which is what Jordy wants. Look, some people are saying, "Why would you leave 
a two-time national champion? Why would you leave the greatest college softball team of all time? To which I would say, if I had an opportunity to play right next to where I grew up, if I had an opportunity, because you know the NIL is going to be coming in, like we said already, to do that, I would do that. If you had an opportunity to... She's a superstar already. She is arguably the biggest athlete on campus, and she hasn't even thrown a pitch for her team yet. Can you name me... Let's let's do a little thought exercise here. Can you name me a bigger athlete than Jordy Jordy Ball on Nebraska's campus right now? Well... Just uh, two weeks ago, I think we were kind of agreeing that Casey was the most recognizable athlete on campus. Sure. I would say Casey won, and then Jeff Sims two, just because he's the quarterback but of Nebraska. But people looks like he hasn't played it down yet for him. I would say, I would say it's, it's Casey, and then it's him, and then it's a softball player, which is, which is crazy. It's cra- I don't think you can... That exists on any other camps. I would say, look, I mean, he's the starter. John, You're right. It's John probably Cook's over here. It's, like, hey, well, don't forget about Volleyball. Oh, no, no, no. no, no, no I'm just saying. But I would say probably, <laughs> you're probably right. It's probably Jordy Ball, too, and then Jeff Sims, because you're right. People don't know who Jeff Sims really He's not, he doesn't have the public notoriety yet. He I don't will think a lot it, of though. folks will be able to pick him out of a lineup. No, I don't. I don't disagree with you because he hasn't yeah, played yet. Right. But I think that once you do start getting him in front of cameras Obviously, and stuff like that, he's going of, yeah. of the football. I mean, he's like yeah. the fourth most important person in the state, and that's like not an understatement. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it, it's incredible. Now let's talk about another one. Jordan Larson, probably we're talking about biggest athletes currently on campus. Jordan Larson, maybe all time, is is right up there with former athletes who were on campus who who played. Uh, National champion, 2006, three-time Olympic medalist, one-time gold medalist in the 2021 Tokyo Olympics. She's looking to go to another Olympics, which is you know, which is currently why she's going to be the coach of the Nebraska. A coach, a third-time assistant. assistant. Yep. They added that rule. You can have a third assistant now. John Cook says, come on in. Be my third-time assistant. She's coached at Midland before. I think she was at Texas, right, yeah. for a little bit coaching. Yeah. And she's talked about, you know, she had a great press conference that, Coaching is something she's always been interested in. She's had these talks with Cook before about, hey, is this something potentially that we can do in the past? It kind of just appeared that third time, you know, three time, three full time assistants can now be on the staff. She's joining the team. She's going to join in September, kind of after the beginning of the season because she's trying to qualify for the next Olympic team. So her playing career isn't over, but she's looking to transition into coaching. And what better program to do that with, what better coach to do that with, and what better team to do that with, in all honesty. Well, not only was she a legend here, not you know played for the national, won the national title in 2006, played for the national title in 2005, led that 2008 team to the Final Four against many odds, uh, one of the best players in Nebraska volleyball history, which is maybe, not a low bar. Maybe, maybe by the way, the greatest volleyball player she's in American best, history. She's the best volley, one of the best volleyball players in the world. Yeah, ever. And the the coaching thing is interesting because depending on when her uh, when her time with Team USA ends up, she may not actually be part of the coaching staff until closer to like the start of Big Ten play. Yeah, which is interesting. But I mean. If you're John Cook, you wait for a a potential coaching talent like that. If she's as, if she's half as good of a coach as she was and is a player, that's somebody that you want to get on your staff by any means necessary. And and to have her be able to come to this team, I mean, Nebraska volleyball players just by definition they they don't really get starstruck because they are the stars. Absolutely, they've been used to being recruited at a high high level. We'll talk about another top five recruit that John Cook just got. Um, the, these these girls do not 
get starstruck easily because they have been the center of attention. They, they are the cream of the crop. But they know who Jordan Larson sure. is. They've seen her with national championship hardware, with Olympic gold hardware. Like they, they, That is another level. And and for Husker volleyball players to have somebody that brings that kind of cachet, like you can't. Reyes is a good coach. Kelly Hunter is a good coach. Jordan Larson, her just the the aura that she brings is another level. And that part of it is something that you can't find out on the open coaching market. So the fact that that Cook can get her in this role, even if he has to wait a little bit uh, on on the start of this season, uh, it's a movie make hundred percent. Uh, we got to get to a break and then, you know, get to our position previews in a second. But before we get that and before we preview our very special interview with, with Quinn Newsom, um, there is no better team for her to come in and coach because of how young they are. This is a team. It's got zero seniors. It's almost almost zero upperclassmen on this team. I mean, it's full of just freshmen and sophomores. And so she is going to be able to come in as one of the greatest volleyball players of all time and help mold the next generation of great volleyball players because without a doubt there are a couple players on this team on this volleyball team who have the potential to play in the Olympics like Jordan Larson to win a gold medal like Jordan Larson did and she's going to come in and she's going to bring that pedigree she's going to bring that experience and she's going to help them mature into better volleyball players because this is a young team and, and we, we talk about it all the time youth is great for athleticism and all that stuff but in terms of experience and winning championships it's not always the best. Youth yeah. is the biggest double-edged sword in all of athletics. It really is. And so she's going to be able to come in and help these players get better, get experience, and, and develop them. And I think that's great for the program. Yeah. Two, two more things on volleyball. One, I tease it a little. Uh, Nebraska did get a big commitment earlier this week. We'll tell you who that is. Uh, secondly, with the way that the way that John Cook is is kind of having this trajectory with Jordan Larson joining the staff, uh, you've also got the news this week of the captains for next season. We'll tell you who they are later on. And lastly, with softball, uh, as uh, the big six sports, the only one not top 15 in attendance nationally this last season was softball. That's going to change. At 27th. You think that's going to that's gonna change? Yeah, that's me. That's, that's going to change. They already gonna... got season ticket calls, didn't they? Yeah. Wasn't there a report? <laughs> Greg Sharp announced the 800 eight, at ugh, least the same that's day in, that's that she crazy. committed. Jordan crazy. Ball. Um, and we have, yeah, as Matt mentioned, position previews continuing. Quentin Newsom, massive. I think the best returning player Period. on Nebraska's roster. Yeah, he's going to be joining us right after this to help us preview his season and what the DBs are going to do in 2023 as well. That's coming up right here after this. Giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. And starting us off this offseason in our summer position previews, uh, we're going to get to start on the offensive side of the... Rolling right along here through our summer position previews as we head towards the 2023 Husker football season. And uh, it's defensive backs today, uh, and we're hitting the secondary. Uh, and here to help us out with that breakdown is returning uh, maybe the best player on the team uh, in terms of uh, all the roster. Uh, it's Quentin Newsom, the Husker cornerback, joining us here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Quentin, how are you today? I'm doing great. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Hey, it's it's been... Uh, 
Uh, it's been pretty eventful since you guys beat Iowa out there in Iowa City. Matt Rule was announced as head coach the next day. Evan Cooper comes in as DB's coach, and the rest of the staff is announced. Uh, what's the offseason been like for you guys? Uh, the offseason has been very exciting. You know, just being able to learn new stuff and just take in all of the new coaching going on and, um, you know, just make sure we building together as a team day by day. Um, just trying to get better each day. Um, so it's been exciting. I think everybody's, you know, ready to see exactly what, you know, we look like going into the season. Talk to us about what you've kind of been focused on in this off season, uh, with your game in particular. What have you been looking to get better at and improve upon? Uh, I've just been working on um, making more plays, just going to get the ball, um, you know, and just, you know, focusing on everything uh, as far as alignment and assignment, you know, and bringing along my uh, bringing along my fellow uh, defensive backs with me. Quentin Newsom joining us here, just uh, talking a little bit about the secondary on the K-Line Husker Hour. Uh, Quentin, how would you describe Coach Cooper's coaching style? How does he teach and motivate you and the rest of the DBs to get better? I would say, you know, he's always very energetic, you know, always trying to make sure everybody has that juice. Um, he, he's going to always let you know when you're not being good enough or when you're not doing certain things right or up to, you know, the standard that we have. So, you know, um, you know, he's one of those guys who just, you know, always keeps us going and, you know, allows us to make a mistake, but then we fix it right after that. So, you know, it's just, um, you know, it, it's great to see, you know, just new coaching styles and, you know, just just the way he goes about things. Compared to what you're used to, compared to how you've played in years past, is there a lot of difference in in terms of, you know, your where the where you position yourself, the 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 things you read on the offensive players? Like, what what will be different, and, and how much of it is the same? Um, I would say, you know, um, at the end of the day, you know, football is still football. Um, but you know, there there are just like certain things, you know, along with the defensive change, um, the way we get lined up. It's just, you know, um. It's just a different, whole different scheme on defense, and you know, it's just, you know, adjusting to that. You know, it's just some things that have changed. You know, and um, we just trying to, you know, get it all together. But uh, I would say, you know, just, just actually being able to play a little bit more freely on defense. You know, that uh, goes into what we've been working on in this three three five. Hey, Quinn, it's Matt. How you doing, man? What's going on? I'm doing good. How you doing? Good. I'm doing good, man. I got, so you've played, you know, in your past couple of years, played against some really high-level wide receivers in practice, Samori Torre, uh, along with Trey Palmer last year. Where do you think uh, some of these guys you're playing with now uh, in practice and kind of this new era of wide receivers ranks up against them? Because, you know, out of all the out of the rooms, I think this is, you know, the wide receiver rooms is one of the biggest ones with the question marks. So, you know, where do you see those guys in comparison to the high-level talent you've practiced against in the past? Uh, I would say, you know, we still have a, a lot of talent here in the wide receiver room. Uh, we got guys, guys like Marcus Washington outside. Uh, we got Billy Kemp. We got Josh Fleek. You know, it's a, it's a lot of guys who, you know, have been stepping up to the plate and, you know, just, being able to take over that room is uh, something big that we needed for the team. Quentin Newsom joining us here on the K-Line Husker Hour, helping us break down uh, the DB room. Uh, you guys have uh, a lot of players with experience, uh, not just at cornerback, but also uh, at safety. And there have been a, a little bit of uh, 
kind of a thought that some players might play different positions. Malcolm Hartzog uh, at safety maybe a little bit. Um, what what versatility does this scheme on the defensive side give all of you guys at corner and safety and nickelback for that matter? Um, I would say just, you know, um, we do have guys who are versatile in our secondary. And, um, you know, being able to play in different spots is just always a great thing to have just in case, you know, Unfortunately, maybe somebody might go down. We might need somebody to step into a place that um, they're not used to playing. So just, you know, getting used to taking them reps and stuff in different positions, um, I feel like we'll benefit from that a lot just because we have the talent to be able to do that this year. Hey, Quinn, uh, you know, you've you've had some short time here with uh, DB's coach, Evan Cooper. You know, how has he influenced your game uh, since he's gotten in Nebraska-Lincoln? I would say, you know, just trying to make sure, you know, he pushes me to work on things that I need to get better at instead of, you know, just just trying to perfect the stuff that I'm already good at. He he wants me to be a, a great, versatile player, just um, just things like working on my off coverage and um, things like running to the ball. You know, it's just it's just different ways that, you know, he, he helps me uh, to be a better player. Quentin, the last time we saw you in action was that Iowa game. You had a big sack fumble in the first quarter. Uh, you guys go on to win uh, the first win over Iowa since 2014 for Nebraska. What did that mean to you and, and the rest of the players? Uh, I would say it meant a lot, you know, just being able to finish on that note. Um, you know, not worrying about, you know, uh, how the season how the season uh, was going prior to that game. Just going out there and making sure we gave it our all. and um, You know, just just make sure we uh, end it off on a good note, you know, just going into this season positive, you know. Uh, I feel like it really helped us in the, in the long run. Quinn, uh, you know, you're going into your fourth year uh, with the team and, and definitely one of the more experienced players on the on the entirety of the team. And, and you know, you know, I'm sure you're looking to be a leader in that DB room. Are there any uh, younger defensive backs that you've kind of taken under your wing and, and that you've seen grow here since they got to Nebraska? Uh, I would say, um, you know, uh, a lot of the guys have shown growth, you know, um, but, you know, it's just, it's just, um, it's just guys, you know, some guys just, you know, they, they actually, you know, take, take it, take in the coaching, you know, they'll do whatever. Um, guys like Malcolm, Barzal, you got, um, you got Deshaun, Singleton, you got Tommy Hill, Javier Moore, and the list goes on and on, you know, it's just a lot of guys who are getting better every day with their stuff. Another couple minutes here with Quentin Newsom, Husker cornerback, talking to us here about the DBs as we preview uh, each position here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Uh, as we get closer to the season, uh, fans are pretty excited about what Matt Rule uh, might have for this program uh, in the years to come. What have you noticed about Coach Rule since he's been here? What kind of sticks out to you about his personality, his coaching style, and, and how he's going to lead this program going forward? Um, I would say Coach Rule, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a, a great coach. He, you know, he's a guy who wants to win. So you know, and uh, and it, it it's not like it's not like he just you know just hounds us or whatever. He just holds us accountable for you know not doing things the right way or not doing things to a certain level that um he you know that we can be at. And you know, he just you know he always you know he stays on us. And you know he's he's a, he's a fun guy outside uh outside even during football. You know, he'll make jokes and things like that. And, um, you know, I, I feel like he just, you know, he wants to win. And, you know, that's one of the things I love about him. 
Because, you know, that's that's what we want to do, and that's exactly what uh, we plan on doing. Quinn, do you have any uh, personal goals of yours heading into this season? Um, personal goals? Um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I have any right now. You know, just you know, just work, uh, work, just focusing on my team right now. Absolutely. All right, Quentin, we'll we'll get you out of here on this. Um, in in terms of this next season, uh, it's it's the first with a new coach, and you guys are starting a couple uh, games on the road. Uh, what kind of mentality are you going to be kind of instilling in the rest of your uh, uh, your teammates as you bring them along? And in, in a, a couple of uh, you know could be difficult environments out there in Minnesota and Colorado. Just just um you know no matter where we are, no matter where we go, just you know making sure we come prepared. You know just just knowing that we have business to handle at the end of the day, uh, no matter where we are. So you know I'm just. I'm just ready to see what all the young guys can do, man. I'm just excited, and um, I think I think everybody will be ready for the occasion. So, I think uh, we'll be in good shape. That's Husker cornerback Quentin Newsom helping us break down the defensive backs here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Quentin, uh, thanks a lot for the time and best of luck here uh, this fall. We appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right, that's thank Quentin. you. Quentin Newsom joining us here. Uh, we'll be back uh, right after this, uh, Matt and I, to uh, break down more of what we can expect from the defensive backs in this 2023 season. That's coming up next here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. Big, big thanks to Quentin Newsom, great interview. If you miss Quentin Newsom breaking down the DBs with us, uh, you can always subscribe to the podcast at your podcast platform of choice. Uh, make sure you get tuned into that for all the position previews. Get ready for the season coming up, uh, and we're also uh, we'll have it posted up on Husker Max and KLIN.com as well. Uh, interesting things on just his approach to this season, Matt. On the the his impressions on Rule and Evan Cooper. Um, we can take it in any any number of directions, but let's start with Newsom, and then we'll kind of spray out to the rest of the secondary itself. Look, he is he has a chance to to build on what he did last season, and and really take his game to another level and set himself up potentially to be uh, an NFL draftee. And the secondary is going to be looking to him for leadership, I think, because of the the things that he's gotten done in his career. Uh, the the level of play that he has, there are a lot of talented guys in the secondary, and they do have a lot of experience. But there's there's plenty of other guys who are trying to make their name known, and and Quentin Newsom certainly is given a blueprint as to how to do that. Quentin Newsom, in his career, has played in overall uh, 27 games, but he started the last 23 games in two seasons for for the Huskers, and I think with Quentin. It's he's always been solid. Mm-hmm. He's always been good. He's always been reliable. I think a good comparison would be like a Prince of Mucamera on the Bears in twenty eighteen, where you had a star cornerback and Kyle Fuller, and then right next to him a Mucamera, who also Nebraska I didn't even realize first Nebra- round pick. First round pick Nebraska yeah, grad. He's the last first round pick uh, they no, have. But but not a Mucamera in Nebraska. A Mucamera sure. in Chicago was just a solid good cornerback. He wasn't all pro. He wasn't a pro bowler. He was just reliable. You knew that if you had him on the field, you were fine. 
Yeah. Would he give up a pass or two here and there? Yeah. But it's he was going to make more good plays than not good plays. And so you were just comfortable with him on the field. That's what Quinn and Newsom has been the last two seasons. You are very comfortable with Quinn and Newsom going up against the best wide receivers in the Big Ten. You is he a game changer? Is he dynamic? Is he is he a, a game breaker? No. No, but he's really, really good. And you you're you're okay if you put him out on Alave. You're okay if you put him on a, a Smith and Jigba. Because you know, sure, are those guys gonna get their their miles, they're gonna get their yards. Sure. But Quinn's going to do better than, than almost mo- 80% of the Big Ten cornerbacks. Now, here's there's a very long-winded point of saying it's not that's not good enough now, though. Like, he's got to take, you want him to take that next step because he's got the ability to be that game-breaker. He's got the ability to be dynamic. He's got that ability to be a draft pick. And so... I think that he will. I don't think there's necessarily a glass ceiling over over Quinnen. Yeah, I don't think anyone's stopping him from having opportunities or, or anything like that. I don't think necessarily he's being held back. But I think that this season will be the season that he does become that dynamic cornerback and he does break through that ceiling of just no longer just being looked at as good. To being looked at as great. So what you're saying is Quentin Newsom, in order for Nebraska football to take that next step under Matt Rule here this season, he can't just be 2018 Chicago Bears Prince of Mukamara. No, he has to be 2010 Nebraska All American Prince of Mukamara. I All American All American <laughs> is is a very lofty goal. That but, was that was Prince but, in 2010. But yeah, yeah. but when I'm saying yeah. you're absolutely right. I mean yeah. you you want he is a he is a good tackler. He is a good cornerback. And to your but point about he's got that ability to. Just, yeah. just get it there. You know what I'm saying? To your like, point like, about how he's not a playmaker, game breaker, those those types of yeah. things. He could be. He could be. If he and, takes, and, and if I, he takes that next step, if Tony White unlocks he's something, right there. In scheme, he's like, right there. Yeah. He is literally just one. He's he's that next. I'm kind of doing this little thing with my shoulder where I'm like pushing something. He's just right. Like he's he's so close. He's so close to taking that step. Is there? He can look at the step. Yeah. Most guys are like, I'm looking to take the next step in my game or whatever, and I want to be great. Well, buddy, you're not one step away from that. You're like eight steps away from from being that. Quinnen is. He's one. Yeah, he's one step. Yeah. Yeah. He's one step away. Nuts and bolts on the DBs here as we kind of look at everything in the secondary, both corners, both safeties in that nickel spot, the five and the three, three, five. So Braxton Clark, Tyreek Johnson, Jaden Gould, Noah Pola Gates, Jalil Martin out. Um, Quentin Newsom, Miles Farmer, Isaac Gifford, Marquise Buford, Malcolm Hartzog. Those five all return to start. Uh, potentially, uh, those are all returning starters. Uh, other guys that that could impact the the lineup who have been here before: Tommy Hill, Javen Wright, Omar Brown, Javier Morton, Deshaun Singleton. Uh, you also have Taman Lynham, Kobe Bretts. Not as much time on the field, but they they factor in. Phelan Sanford, Ashton Hausman as walk ons, uh, and then the newcomers. Uh, some of which were here in the spring, like Corey Collier, Dwight Boodle, Sincere, Safiola. Safiola, Safiola, and and then guys who are yet to arrive. That's Ramir Stewart, DeAndre Barnes, Ethan Nation, and then the walk-on from Omaha, Burke Mason Jones. What a a big room! There are there's. I mean, I just listed off nineteen scholarship DBs. Twenty-two, if you extend it out to include like Sanford, Hausman, Jones. There's a few other walk-ons as well. But that is that's your DB group. 
There's a lot of them, but there are five positions. We talked about running backs last week. That's one guy, maybe two guys on the field at once. This is five of these dudes on the field at once. So you obviously need more just total numbers of bodies. Uh, But let's, let's, let's look into this. So there's been talk about, Hey, these guys are positionless. These guys are versatile. We're not going to, what do they call it? The robber or the, the, the joker or whatever, the joker position. Yeah. With running around or whatever. One of these guys is going to be it. I want him to call him the corn cob, but I'm not going to get my way on that. Sure. Uh, the nickel spot, I want to start there because that's more of a like, all right, we kind of know who is that's there. Locked. You got Isaac Gifford. I think you got Javen Wright backing him up. Gifford is, I think, going to be the dude there and fully expect him to, if he stays healthy, have an excellent season. And And I'm really interested to see how they use him at the nickel spot because there's a lot of different things that this three three five is going to do in terms of blitzes in terms of disguising coverages and Gifford has shown the ability to play up on the line to get right up on the line of scrimmage uh to to press man coverage uh play back and and play more of a uh you know zone look he can rush the passer he can play in the run game Gifford is a very valuable chess piece for Tony White and Matt Rule to use in this defense and I know that this is like one of the guys that you are most looking forward to seeing. On I, I love Isaac Gifford. I'm, we can do a whole segment on Isaac Gifford. I mean, that guy is a football player. That's yeah. just what he is. He yeah. plays football. Here's the he's interesting. A football player. He, he, he's a football player. Bill Callahan. Here's the thing. He's he was a guy who didn't uh, he didn't play all seventy snaps every single game. He yeah. was very much in and out a lot. He he was, I would say. While he was a massive piece of the defense, he you can argue that there were probably four other secondary members that were bigger parts because they played every single snap. You had a different scheme. That nickel exactly. back was not part of the... No. Yeah. I think that is going to be different this year. And if you watch the spring game, he was out there a lot. And I think they understand what they got in him. And they understand that if we are going to, if we want to put ourselves in positions to win games, the best players have to play. And Isaac Gifford is one of those guys. Yeah. Um, it's a massive room. It's a crowded room with a lot of lot of dudes. But that that nickel position or third safety or fifth defensive back, whatever you want to call it, will be very important for this three three five scheme because. Uh, it just that fifth defensive back in general just brings more versatility, which is what this defense is about. This defense is is based and stapled in versatility and matchups and being able to throw so many different looks and put yourselves in so many different positions on the defensive end. And so Gifford is one of those guys where he can cover, but he can also tackle. He can. Play zone, but you can also bring them off the not the edge, but you can bring them down the alley mm-hmm. to go in, on a on a on a defender on a uh, blitz. Jeez, how do I forget that word? Regardless, you know what I'm saying. Yes. I will say this: this is really interesting to me. So it's a big room, and, and we've talked about it a lot. You got 19 scholarship guys, but last year you had we'll call it the core four. Okay, you had the core four who who played just about every single game. Buford missed a game, or sorry. Yeah, Miles Farmer, Marquise Buford, Malcolm Hartzog, Quinn Newsom. Okay. To end the season, Hartzog was the guy at that cornerback position. Newsom played every game. Far Farmer missed one game. Buford got hurt at the end of the year. Yeah. Those were the four, though. Yes. Those were your four. Yes. Buford, 
Farmer at the safety, Hartzog, Newsom. Yep. They all return. So you think, okay, we got the secondary. We know what the secondary is. It's those guys. They're going to get better. We're bringing them all back. It's a good position to be in. Wrong. Wrong. If Shame on you if you thought that. Because let's go to the spring game. The starting safety was Omar Brown, who was on the team last year, who was playing in that nickel. He was behind Gifford. Has been the defensive back of the year at yeah. the 1AA level. Yeah. Was playing behind Gifford yep. in that nickel role. Yep. Now played safety. Yep. Corey Collier in the spring game was the other safety next to Brown on defense one. He is the transfer from Florida who also came along with Chief Borders. Okay, then you got Newsom, then you got Hartsock. Mm-hmm. So, you got Farmer, who was on, the, was on the second team defense after playing just about every single game last year. And then you also got to add in the fact you got Tommy Hill, who... Went started last year, went to defense or on, on corner, then went to offense, and now he's back on defense. Also, too, we sent Omar Brown to Corey Collier. We Buford didn't even play in the spring game. No. So you don't even know if, if when Buford comes back from that injury, is he going to be given that opportunity? Or or are these jobs already Brown and Collier's? Or if Buford does slot in, because right now, let's be honest. The spring game was number one offense versus number one defense. That's what it was. And Miles Farmer is not on the number one defense as a safety. And if Buford slides in to this number one role, I mean, Miles Farmer played 11 games last year. I, I, and so it's, that was, I think that was my biggest takeaway from the spring game was you don't know. I could not tell you right now if you ask me, Matt, who is playing? Who? Give me your four to start the season. Give me your two safeties and your two quarterbacks. Who are they? I could not tell you. I could tell you Newsom. I could tell you Hartzog. By the way, Hartzog was playing safety in the spring game. Yeah. But I could tell you those two for sure. They will be on the field. From there, no clue. No idea. Don't ask me. Don't ask me. I don't know. I have no Because it's so hard for me to think a guy as talented and as versatile as Miles Farmer. We're, we're talking about guys who fit in a 3-3-5 defense. I would put Miles Farmer at the top of that list with just his explosiveness, with his height, with his strength, with his speed. That is a guy who can play so many different, who has the athletic and physical makeup to play multiple positions on the field. And so the fact that he isn't even on the first first rot or the first team for a spring game, that's that's something. So, but I can't just be like, oh, hey, he's not gonna he's not gonna play. You kidding me? He's not gonna play next year. You you tell me not to ask you. Sure. Who's gonna start next year? I'm gonna ask you who's gonna start right now. After this uh, break, we're gonna come back and we're gonna call our shots. Who's Let's starting at these five spots? Let's do it. Uh, and and some numbers on the DBs as well. Uh, plus, we'll tell you the other volleyball news. Who uh, who John Cook get this time? Another top five recruit. Uh, we'll we'll tell you all that. Run that down uh, and and be back right after this here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. Let's change the subject to someone else. So. 
looking at these defensive backs. This is so tough. As we continue our position previews. Let me let me throw some stats at you first. Let give it to me. Give it to you. me before I have to make a decision that I don't want to make. So looking at last season's overall defensive numbers. Okay. Luke Reimer is the leading returning tackler on the team. He had 86 tackles. Yeah. Second and fifth are last year's starting safeties. Miles Farmer, 73 tackles. Marquise Buford, 59 tackles behind Isaac Gifford and Garrett Nelson, who were third and fourth. Gifford. So out of out of the top five returning tacklers, three of them are these defensive backs, including Isaac Gifford at nickel, and then Miles Farmer and Marquise Buford. Now, that's not to say that, hey, simply because these guys played a lot last season, they're far and away going to start. That's certainly not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that is the level of experience and the level of contribution that you did get from these guys. They have played Big Ten football. As much as we may think, hey, you know what? Corey Collier, Corey Collier, is it? You we'll know go, for sure. Let's, uh, let's go Collier. Collier? Collier. All right. Corey Collier. Until Greg Sharp says their name. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to say. There's a pronunciation guide somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah. We don't have it. Corey Collier from Florida, you would think, is capable of playing Big Ten football. He hasn't done it yet. We will see. Omar Brown was on the roster last year, was not starting last year. He got a couple snaps he, he here played. He played very, very sparingly, yes. Very sparingly. So, But he did play. 11 games played, 5 tackles total for Omar Brown in 2022. Yeah. He saw the field. I don't know. So I, I think I'm with you on the, you know. I don't know. We're not. Isaac Gifford's certainly going to be the nickel. Malcolm Hartzog and Quentin Newsom, I would think, would be your corners. It's interesting, though, as you mentioned, that Hartzog did play safety in, in the spring. Did, did play safety in the spring game. They and, and do that, like Tommy Hill. And, you, and they've got other guys at at cornerback, and, and maybe they could potentially play Marquise Buford at cornerback. Maybe they could play Omar Brown at cornerback, which I believe is where he played at Northern Iowa. Brown's played every. I mean, he was so, playing the safety. He played the nickel. I think he started, though, as a corner last year, and then they switched him to nickel. Yeah. I think it might have been after the Northwestern game, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. Don't quote me. But I, I know that there was a question at a press conference about Brown moving to the nickel. Yeah. I don't. I, I Okay. Let's break this down. Malcolm for sure. Newsom next goal. Mm. Gifford playing the nickel. Mm. Going to get more snaps. That, so there's three. There's no way. I mean, Buford was was arguably, if you want to go Newsom one, I would say that Marquise Buford, especially in that middle part of the season, was solid. Was just really good. It was just a really good safety. I remember Mickey Joseph singling him out often. I mean, he was just, he was and, and he, he was just, and he was aggressive, and he's a good tackler. I mean, that kid plays with, with his heart on his sleeve. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard for me now. You never know. I mean, his leg injury was bad. Yeah, that was had to get carted off the field. Tough to watch. Yep. It's very hard for me to say that he won't crack the starting lineup. So I'm going to go Buford. Now it is Brown versus versus Farmer or Collier versus Farmer. I don't know. I think it'll probably be Brown. I just, I just think that based on what we saw at the spring game and based on what they, what they put on the rosters. I mean, they specifically said ones versus ones, twos versus twos. Farmer was a two. Brown was a one. It's a new coaching staff. It's a new outlook. There are. It's not the same defense. Tony White's got things that 
he wants done and he wants done a certain way. And clearly, he decided that Omar Brown was more fit to do that. Mm-hmm. And I look, that's tough beans. It's a tough sentence to say. It is a tough sentence to say because I'm not trying to get on anyone and that's not my stance or anything. I'm not going to sure. be like Brown is better than Farmer. We don't know. Sure. But it, it's when you're when you make those rosters, that's that's what that says. That's what that says. I mean, yeah. when you play an athletic sport and one guy's put over you, it's you know, the indictment is that guy right now is better than you. Yeah. You know, and I think that's that's what the message was sent at the spring game. And it's and it's really it's really hard for me to say cuz I really like Miles Farmer and he was a really he's been a really good player for 2 years. And to think that he might not be on the starting lineup is crazy. So let's say it this. Let's ask it this way, uh, because I, I agree. I think the safety is definitely where a lot of the battles are, and that's one to watch for sure in fall camp. I think that is the battle. So, what are your like on a scale of one to ten? Ten being most likely, one being least likely. What's the likelihood that both Miles Farmer and Marquise okay. Buford start at safety? Six. That high. I Six. see you were I think you were setting up to be like pretty low because I I can't I can't get over it. I can't I can't get over it. I you know what here's Obviously, the thing we, we've established let's, both wait, of them have a lot now of Now let's let's talk about this year. real quick and I know this is a different position preview yeah. and maybe this is just wild but you got Reimer and you got Henrich mm-hmm. playing your your linebackers yeah. okay so you got Sherman mm-hmm. who could be a linebacker who could be an edge yeah. and you could mix it around mm-hmm. where maybe Sherman's a linebacker as opposed to being an edge and so you got Sherman Henrich and Reimer Chief Borders is there Chief okay. Jamari Butler is there But let's just say screw the outside linebacker and let's play with five guys with Gifford and a Joker mm-hmm. then I would say the Joker would be Farmer Yeah if I had to guess, yeah. just because of just based off of, like we said, physical makeup sure. and, and flexibility and versatility. Sure. So here's a yeah. bigger question. Do you think there's a chance that we could see Farmer, Buford, Hartzog, Newsom, Brown, and Gifford? Yeah, there's certainly... I a, don't know. I don't know. Yeah. If, you know what I'm saying? Look. It's just hard for me to get over the fact that the kid who played... Every single missed one game last year, yeah, and was and was solid, and is just as as he Miles Farmer is an NFL type prospect with how his speed and his height and his and his strength and all that stuff. He's a NFL type prospect. It's hard for me to believe that in just one offseason he doesn't have a job, and that he's not playing seventy snaps a game like he was last year. Yeah, that's a real that's a dramatic turn. So much so that if I I mean in this transfer portal era. You would think that he would be a guy to be like, all right, well, I, I don't fit in this or whatever, and, and just maybe go and find somewhere else if he's not getting yeah. playtime. Because we're talking about a guy who started 20 games in his career. Real quick, shout out Jim Simpson says, uh, go Big Red on the uh, Facebook Live. It's just, it's just incredible. This is, this, Look, I, I think it was the biggest story out of the spring game, and yeah. no one really talked about it, and I think it's absolutely wild. And I, have, and I think the number one thing that I will be watching this offseason is safety is the safety matchup and who, who are the two in the back. Look, there, you, you asked the question, you know, what's the likelihood you see some, some snaps where all six of those, you know, you have I six DBs on there. Yes, I, I will answer that. I'm going to say, yeah, you're definitely going to see significant snaps, third down and seven, Minnesota's got to drop back and pass. Yeah. Yes, you are going to see Matt Rule and Tony White take either Reimer or Henrich or maybe both off the field and put in an Omar Brown or a Miles Far- whoever's not been quote-unquote starting 
and you're going to get in Chief Borders and MJ Sherman to rush the passer, and you're going to put one of those other guys, maybe Isaac Gifford as the quote-unquote Mike, as your linebacker, and then you put Omar Brown down there in the box here's, as, your, as your nickel. Here's an idea. You're absolutely going to see six DBs when it calls for it because the whole point of the three-three-five is to be versatile, to not let the offense know what the heck you're doing. I would love, I think here's an idea for you. Maybe we get like a Syracuse beat reporter on a Husker Hour podcast. Just and like, no, I'm being 100 percent serious. Yeah, get a Syracuse reporter and just be like, "What did you see? Did was this a thing? Give me the give me the details. All this and all that." Because it, you know, those people would know better than anyone just watching the film and understanding. And I and I still think that the mystery of the three three five and Tony White's defense definitely isn't as clouded as it was when he first got hired. But there's still I. Do you know, I think it'd be very difficult for anyone to give me all 11 guys on that defense in every single position they would be playing. Oh. I think that would be the hardest game to play for any Nebraska reporter, fan, writer, anything. Specifically, like, starting, starting snap number starting one number Minnesota. one, give me every single player and give me every single position. We'll, we'll I try think that would be. I we'll think that would it. be hard, and I think we should do it. You want my, I mean, we're going to get to break, but we're I'm going to call get my shot. Break. Newsom, Hartzog, Gifford. Gotta be, yeah. Farmer. Okay. Collier. Wow. So those are my five. Maybe be maybe partially <sighs> See, they, because they, of Buford's oh injury. God. Maybe partially it's because so of Buford's tough. injury. I mean, hey, but, look, let's be honest here. This is a great conversation. Yeah. It's a good good problem to have. Very unbiased it's description a, of it, by the way. It's a good problem to have. It's a good problem to have if you're that defense because you know what? If Omar Brown and Corey Collier proved anything, they proved that they can play. And top, and, and that's yeah. big. And that's very happy for those two because those yeah. are guys who deserve it. Top line uh, reaction to this discussion. Defensive back is the deepest position group on this team in 2023. Running back. I, I say defensive back because you have to have more guys because there's so many positions of play. We can have that discussion later in the in the summer too. We but should. I think it's DB. There's a I lot think at of the guys. End, who at are the capable. end of the position previews, that yeah. should be our conversation, along with picking all all eleven starters. Absolutely, absolutely. No, it's serious. It'd yeah, be yeah. great. It'd be a great thought exercise. Yeah. All right, we got uh, to wrap things up. Right after this, we've got uh, uh, more volleyball. You know, top five commits. Ho hum. John Cook just rolling along. Uh, we'll tell you who that is and get you set for the weekend. Right after this on the KLIN Husker Hour. Talking with current and former Huskers and those that cover the Big Red. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. Wrapping things up here. Thanks for joining us. Uh, if you have uh, tuned in at all uh, on the Facebook Live here on KLIN, and uh, if you're listening to it in podcast form, we appreciate you. Uh, Real quick, Danny Kalen in the top five in the Elite 11 through the first round, holding his own with guys like Dylan Riola. Uh, and, and Julian so, Sayan. That's yeah. another guy no one's talking about. That Alabama quarterback. Yep. <laughs> Talented. Name to note, Campbell Flynn. She is a top five setter in the 2025 class. John Cook had two days with the open period to start talking to Will B. Juniors. Two days, and he got this girl from uh, Michigan to commit to Nebraska over Texas. Congratulations to her and Cook. That's what he uh, does. And by the way, captains for Nebraska volleyball this king, this coming season, Lexi Rodriguez and Merritt Beeson. Those are your captains for 2023. I think those are like Nebraska two of volleyball. the only upperclassmen that they have. Yep. So, so congrats to them. And uh, congrats. oh yeah, congrats to them. 
I was about to. I didn't want to. I didn't want to brush it no, off. No, like yeah, yeah, like, no, yeah. I mean, good. it's just like the, you know, it's a young team, and but you know, that's going to be big, captain for this young team. Yep. It's a major responsibility to be a captain. All right, that's it. Go big red.